There ain't nothing in the world that I like better than bacon and lettuce and homegrown tomatoes. Up in the morning, out in the garden, get you a ripe one, don't get a hard one. Plant them in the spring, need them in the summer. All winter without them is a culinary bummer. I forget all about the sweating and digging. Talk about sweating and digging. Wow. How about leaving this week in our rear view mirror, huh? I think that's a great idea. Welcome in to uh, Yard and Garden Live. 90 minutes of questions and answers to your landscape problems. Nebraska Extension educator Nicole Stoner here, and along with her guests, can help you solve just about anything. Yeah, we call it Yard and Garden Live. You just need to call at number 402 729-3383. Now the lovely and talented lady with three green thumbs, Nicole Stoner. A little round of applause. All right. Hi, Nicole. How are we doing? Just hmm? fine. How are you? I'm I'm wonderful. <laughs> Don't I look good? You do. I mean you I always do. do. Oh I please. Um <laughs> so uh before you introduce your guest, mm-hmm. I just love you listening audience, when you get two bug people together. <laughs> My, 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 the things they will talk about. <laughs> Incredible stuff from the bug world. Uh, and and uh, it, it, tell, tell everybody who you brought today. I brought with me Jody Green. She's an extension educator and the urban entomologist for Douglas and Sarpy County. So welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is your second time or third? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. You don't remember? Oh, it's well. We, at least probably two or three. At least three, probably. Yeah. yeah. Made a big impression, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard for me to keep track of where yeah. we're at it, like, oh, most of the time. Know. I don't know how many times I've been down there. Um, and we got a little lost on the way down, I understand. Yes. Got a little turned around. <laughs> That's okay. Not a big deal. Maybe we thought we're going we're gonna to ride it off to road construction and maybe a detour that mm-hmm. didn't turn out the way. She took she, the scenic route. Yeah, she right. took the scenic route. Scenic Went route. For, came from Omaha to Fairbury and traveled some dirt roads. Yeah. This, that's pretty <laughs> country. I'm just happy I got here. <laughs> Jody, that's pretty country, I'm telling you. So anyway, welcome. It's nice to have you back. Well, it's nice to be here. All righty. Uh, remember, if you have any questions uh, about your yard, your garden, whether it's a bug or not, uh, you can call 402-729-3383, and we'll try to get you an answer here on Yard and Garden Live. We'll be here until... 1134 uh, What's happening in the bug world, ladies? Well, actually, I have been having a bug issue. I've had a couple brought in. One was actually brought in from Fremont, and the other one I got an email about from, um, must have been Northeast Nebraska as well. Um, and uh, it's a, a weevil that's coming inside, and I think it's a strawberry root weevil yep. that's just trying to escape the heat is from what I've found. Can you blame them? I mean, really, yeah. Yeah, we've had a lot of those, too, in, in various counties. So yeah. They're a lot bigger yeah. than what you would think a weevil looks like, and yeah. they're like a black, mm-hmm. like a dark color. Yep. But they're like all in the walls. They could be – people even have mistaken them for bed bugs. Oh, like yeah. just – kind of clustering together yeah and they're just kind of found throughout the house Mm -hmm. um i know one lady said maybe more in the bathroom but i don't think it's really specific to you know like not a moisture thing or anything like Mm -hmm. that um just kind of finding them roaming through and so they're not anything that's gonna be a pop a problem in the house they don't spread diseases don't really bite us they're just trying to get out of the heat Mm -hmm. um so the barrier sprays would work 
somewhat on them, but just... Yeah, and if your house is pretty sealed up, I just find a lot of dead ones actually mm -hmm. outside my front door. Right, so just vacuum them, sweep yep. them, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Nothing to be worried about. Nothing at all. But all we'd right. have had a few calls on that one. All right. <clears throat> uh, we have a call. So uh, that's great. This is great news. <laughs> uh, it was a little slow last week. Dave over in Pawnee City. Hi, Dave. I bet Dave's listening to his radio and he's on a delay and doesn't know it. Dave? No, I'm, I'm here. Okay, Dave. What's your question? Planted a couple of apple trees that are probably six to eight foot tall and watering twice a week. Starting to get brown spots on the leaves. Is it a fungus I need to spray? Um. I would have to see the spots to know for sure, but it's probably cedar apple rust or apple scab, um, depending on what. Do you remember what variety you planted? No, uh, not right off. Okay. Yeah, um, so um, there are different varieties that are resistant. There's levels of resistance as well, so some are a little bit more than others. But um, if, you know, if you don't know for sure i would guess i would lean towards it's probably apple rust or cedar apple rust or apple scab um, and both of those were past the point of treating for this year um, so next spring you want to spray your trees um, you know april may spray them a couple two or three times um, with like a copper fungicide or something like that um, just to um, keep that from coming back next year it's not going to kill your trees they just are going to look a little rough this year yeah they make them look <coughs> really really bad mm -hmm. uh, is it on the fruit too dave or do you have any fruit setting no no fruit this year mm -hmm. okay yeah. are these dwarfs no okay. full-size trees okay well good yeah. luck with those uh they'll wear you out if you have to put them on <laughs> a uh, spraying uh, yeah. schedule but um yeah i've i've got some dwarfs and you know, I, I one of my dwarf does not has like three apples on it. Mm -hmm. The other one is fully loaded, but I think it it just it was just at the right time that it was blooming when that frost hit, and right. I think and I think mm -hmm. mine got got uh, got hit pretty good with that. But yeah, I try to keep them on a, you know, I try to spray them regularly about every ten days. But it just gets right. to be so hard to do, and then you you know you go and you got new. You can't, you know, it's either too windy or mm -hmm. and then it's 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 not windy, but there's an 80 percent chance of rain in right. the forecast. Right. And it's just really, really hard to to uh, to to raise fruit around to, uh, that, you know, in your yard mm -hmm. without really, really getting down and right. knuckling it's on it. It's a lot of work to yeah. grow fruit. But the good news is the apple rust, even though it gets on your apples, you know, you can if you're going right. to court, you know, you're going to peel your apples anyway, it usually doesn't go into the uh, meat right. of the fruit. Not, so. Or at least not very deep. Yeah, and it, you know, it just makes them look weird, mm -hmm. but they're still good. So, Yeah, last right. night, night Cobb right. Roderick said there's rust on everything. Is rust it? on yeah. everything, yeah. yeah. Hey, do you have any other fruit trees, Dave? Yeah, apricot and a peach. Wow, okay. How, lo how old, how long have you had the peach tree? Do you know? Uh, well, last year we got 20 peaches off of it. This year I'm expecting 50. Okay, good. Good, good for you. Good. Uh, yeah. And the apricot tree, how's it doing? Oh, they're there. They're, yeah. Look, I'm having a heck of a time with ants. Mm. Oh, yeah. And, and but, I, yeah, do you, well, I was wondering, 
these are the ladies to ask about bugs, even even though they're not fruit people. But the orchard spray that you get that's kind of like a multi-purpose mm-hmm. would that take care of both his his you know his spotting problem and ants? Yeah, usually those orchard fruit tree sprays have um, carbaryl, which is seven, as well as uh, one or two fungicides. It's got three products in it, and it's either one or two fungicides and, or one or two insecticides, but you've got a mix yeah. of, of both. And you just don't want to spray that when they're blooming right? because the bug killer will, you know, yep. any of the pollinators that come by, they get that, get a dose of that. We don't want to lose those guys. So. Right. The pretty right. good, um, yeah. I guess, calendar for that is <clears throat> once you start seeing pink show up in the buds in the spring, uh-huh. start spraying every 10 to 14 days through the growing season, but you'd want to wait, you'd want to stop during that bloom period and stop um, enough ahead of your, um, when you're getting ready to harvest. Yeah. All right. Hey, Dave, anything else? Nope. Have a great weekend. Hey, you too. You too. You have a great weekend yourself. Uh, 402-729-3383. That's our phone number. Uh, anything you might have a question about, we'll you know, attempt to get an answer for you. And if it's a bug question, <laughs> kaboom, uh, we've got two bug experts here. Uh, 402-729-3383. And so, um, back to you guys. Just set here Jody, what, uh, what else are you been seeing a lot of lately, insect-wise, in your office? Wasps. A lot of wasps. Yep. Actually, I yellow jackets, mm-hmm. but people thinking they're ground-nesting bees. Right. Because uh, they do kind of... Well, yeah, so there are a lot of things that are coming out of the ground. We're not sure. They could even be bumblebee nests. Mm-hmm. So bumblebees and yellow jackets are social wasps that can nest underground, usually mm-hmm. in abandoned rodent burrows. Mm-hmm. And so if you see many individuals that look similar in size and shape coming out, going in, coming out, going in, uh, definitely get that ID to step back and, and stare at them for a while. You don't want to dig there, <laughs> dart in there, yeah. pull no. weeds or anything, or have you know children play, right. especially if you're allergic to bee or wasp venom. You know you don't really ask. You just don't want to be stung. But we've had a lot of people, and, and we've got cicada killer wasps right. out there too, which are scary and fast, but they're not aggressive and they don't sting. So we've got a bunch of things out there. So it's really important to identify what it is, mm-hmm. um, just for safety wise. But also um, management-wise, so right. but I don't know. Do you are you getting a lot of calls about that? Um, I just had one the other day. He thought it was uh, the murder hornet, and I assume it's probably the cicada killer yeah. in that case because they are very large and scary looking. Yeah, um, and we actually I did a video uh, the other day. It's mm-hmm. on our um, Douglas Sarpy. Uh, extension facebook page Mm -hmm. and i just it was a very awkward presentation because i did it on my own in the office Mm -hmm. and put it on there um just to tell people about what what a wasp is versus what a hornet is and um i didn't say this is not a murder hornet but this is what you're seeing Mm -hmm. this is how to manage it uh so yes we don't have the asian giant hornet anywhere in nebraska right and we likely never will, which is good. Yeah. Um, unless, you know, humans mm-hmm. bring it over. But the natural range um, should not be in, like, uh, east of the Rockies or the Great Plains. It's just not the right environment for them. So that's And good even news. if they get brought here, they shouldn't overwinter and 
stay here unless yeah you know, it's just not like, the right because right, right. So we don't the right, have that yeah. right climate for them they've only been uh found in washington state mm-hmm. and the best place to get any up-to-date information is washington state department of ag right uh and i mean all entomologists are on alert right. because we had to be everybody right. thought or think anything that's big right. That flies, that may be yellow, black, that may be scary, yeah. that may right. crawl on the ground, or you know, which is why I, th- I think a cicada killer is a confusion with them because it yes. is a very large wasp. Yeah, I mean, it's our largest one that we have in in Nebraska. They can be almost up to two inches long. Mm-hmm. So, do they kind of look like a cross between a wasp and a bumblebee? Because I think I've seen they're n- n- not a really fatter, but than a regular wasp. Yeah, but they're not hairy at all. Okay, okay. I mean, I've seen these big guys, but I and they just kind of not very they often. They just kind of hover around, and they're. I mean, you, they don't yeah. even sting at all. No, I mean, they're very sleek too. They're yeah. not. They're not hairy. Yeah. Um, but you, wait, what do you say? They wander around. They kind of hover a little. Yeah, bit? Yeah. So the only time they would sting you because they nest in the ground is if you're walking barefoot yeah. in the grass. So that's why yeah. I'm always. As okay, then I won't tell you that I always walk barefoot <laughs> everywhere well, I, I go. Did, I did get, actually, <laughs> two stings the other day, Ooh. and I was like, I tell people. I did have sandals on, but it got caught between <laughs> oh, my sand and my yep, arch. Yep, yep. Oh, so drain, even huh? us entomologists will get bitten and stung. Well, well I we think probably you, you do know, more than others. Cause do as I say, not as yeah. I do. And I think it's, I think you know, this, it, 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 it's befitting that you would, uh, you know, have, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, that's just... You kind of have to have that. Yes, I've been stung before. And oh yeah, I was yeah. really actually proud. I was like, "That's what it feels." Yeah, like. there you go. Now <laughs> I understand. Right? Wow, that's intense pain, but it didn't last very long. Yeah. But I was like monitoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, I always have this this weird. I w- I want to uh, be stung by a bullet ant. No. Because it supposedly yes. hurts really really bad, but only for a day. So <laughs> it's it's the number one. It is. It's the uh, worst. It's a, it's, it's a level four on the Schmidt Pain Index. Yeah, really. I mean, All right. I didn't even know there. I, I didn't thing. even know there was a Schmidt Pain Index. Yeah. It's a weird entomology. Have thing. you read the book? No. The Sting of the Wild. Oh, I'm gonna have to read that. See what I mean, folks? Yes. You get a couple of bug people together. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole's writing that down. Got it. I am. I'm gonna Sting read of the truly, wild. Yeah. He truly loves wasps. Uh, his entomologist. I don't know if he's retired yet. Um, but he's it was, it's an amazing book about all different types of stinging insects. And he's he's not like that guy on YouTube that like does it on purpose. It was just right. over time he would yeah. start documenting them. And the way he describes it is very like poetical. Right. And so it's really nice. Yeah. I'm going to take your word for it. You're right. I sure <laughs> all the fun. All of that. All the fun yeah. insects. You know, it's it's. You know, we could talk for days on them. All right. Well, listen, for, we had a call, and then uh, they backed out. I don't know. Maybe they had second thoughts. <laughs> I'm bug, not sure. The bug conversation. <laughs> yeah, probably. it was just, yeah. It was just, uh, no, I can't. I got to hear this. You know, I don't I don't want to be on the phone. I got to hear this. 402-729-3383 is our phone number. 402-729-3383. Um, carpenter bees. That's another interesting bee. That, uh, boy, you you would think uh, these guys are going to, you know, pick my kids up and carry them off. They are aggressive. They are big. Very aggressive, but yet they don't. <clears throat> they're kind of like, like that little chihuahua dog that's all bark. <laughs> because they really don't, unless you get the queen, I understand. They don't have a stinger. They don't so even, the, yeah. the ones that are aggressive, it's all a bluff. Yeah, all a bluff. <laughs> it's a male 
and it looks fierce and it will like hover right in front of you. Yeah. Oh, and if man. you say, what are you really going to do? It's not going to do anything. I know, but the, you know, like if you go out and you try to enjoy your deck, mm-hmm. especially decks because they, mm-hmm. the wood, mm-hmm. and they find you there and they just make your life miserable for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, the, the, interesting. Those are, and we used to have a lot of calls, and we haven't gotten so many calls on those anymore. I, yeah, this yeah. year they, I haven't had yeah. very many calls on them. This is uh, Diane over in Beatrice. Hi, Diane. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. What's your? Do you have a do you have a bug question or another question? I have a bug question. Yay. I've heard people that are complaining about the Japanese beetles kind of infesting their gardens and mm-hmm. flowers and things like that. Is there anything you know to use against those? Yeah. Well, it depends what they're on right now and how many you're having. Uh, we actually have very few this year really? in in omaha and um so i just hand pick usually around mm-hmm. seven o'clock at night mm-hmm. uh, there's been uh-huh. studies that show that's the best time and it just kind of depends if you're if it's on like a certain kind of vegetable or fruit tree or it depends what it, it's on so what what where's your main problem well i have one friend that she's been complaining about them on her strawberries mm-hmm. and her green beans and some of the other flowers and stuff that she's got around her garden and she says it's just kind of taken over and then i guess do they lay an egg or, or larvae and then it's gotten into her grass and uh it's killing that off okay so if so those are two different it's the same bug but two, two different, different things. things because if mm-hmm. there is an infestation in the in the turf and mm-hmm. um you know if she if if the the turf isn't like if it's rolling back if you can pull it back and it's ruined under there and there's like a, enough grubs then grub control is a different time mm-hmm. and people don't really understand that if if you treat the turf it doesn't mean all the adults will go away because they're two different life stages one is very mobile one feeds in the turf so if and then also with the feeding with the green beans you know, sometimes it will destroy some of the leaves, but you're, you'll still have a pretty good harvest. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. um, in some of the gardens in Omaha, they love okra and they love mm-hmm. uh, sweet potato, but it usually doesn't okay. affect mm-hmm. the yields that are in the flowers. So mm-hmm. it kind of depends where you want to spend that, that time picking or treating mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. what products you want to use and how often you want to treat. Because some products you'll have to treat every day, every two days, others every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And um, the one that I've been getting a lot of calls about is, you know, when we're, as we're talking, well, I've got, I've collected buckets full in my trap. So remember, I, I always tell people, you know, get rid of that trap, throw it in the garbage. It's not, it's not working for you because um, what that does is that attracts the Japanese beetles. So you're actually bringing them in from all of your neighbors' houses and things like that. And so you don't, you don't want that because then you're going to have more around your property. Yeah, you're catching a bucket full a day in those traps, but you're also bringing in a bucket full plus a, probably another bucket full every day uh-huh. as well. So um, don't use those traps. They're, they they do the opposite of what you want them to do um, because they are attracting too many in. So that is one that we I get a lot of calls on that too. I mean, there's neem oil. Okay. Neem oil, you right. can... Um, it's like an antifeedant. You can spray that on the the foliage, um, and that will stop them a mm-hmm. little bit. But it's going to be something that's not just a one and done. Right. Um, it's something that you have to do right. constantly. So if you're out and you can, you know, tap them into soapy water, push them in. 
Um, what Nicole was saying about the traps, though, I did have to do some collection. Mm-hmm. And so I put out a trap. And then uh-huh. I, I didn't have any beetles before the trap. Yeah, and now I have now. a lot. Now yeah. I'm like, my trap is gone. Right. But yeah. I still, still now but the beetles are still there. Are, yeah. yeah. Marigolds. So yeah. Uh, if, 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 if the person that has them in the, in the turf, and, you know, and if it's really, uh, uh, a, you know, a yard that you, you're really concerned about, maybe getting some professional help to come take a look at it, maybe see what's going on. Yeah, or and, and uh-huh. your grub control is, um, we, we tend to do that about the middle of June, third week of yeah, June, somewhere in there. Yeah, way past that. So we're past that. Um, so okay. at this point, most of, most of the damage from grubs is done. They're going to start kind of decreasing their feeding activity, and they're going to start moving down because eventually fall's going to come. Yep. We're going to get past this horrible heat. Yeah. And um, at that point, then they just go deep. So um, the majority of their big damage is done. They will still do a little bit more, but... Um, so just waiting till next year is probably sufficient. There are some rescue treatments you can use, but I don't usually recommend them because they're okay. not great yeah. um, in the line of things. And okay. you're just better off to just, just wait, wait it out till the, yeah. the right time frame. Um, okay. But yeah. So like strawberries will just come back again next year and shouldn't be affected or anything. They should. Yeah. Most of our plants really can thrive through it and be okay. Um, like uh, Jody said, using like neem oil, you can use seven on most of those plants. Just make sure it's on the label. Um, and that you're following all those guidelines for how long to wait after application. Um, but uh-huh. but really what you said about going out in, in uh, okay. 6, 30, 7 o'clock, um, I was out doing some other stuff, weeding in my garden the other day, and I found a few here, a few there, and I just pull them off. you got to grab them because they're gonna, they are quick once they see you coming. So you got to grab a hold of them, and then I just toss them on the ground and smash them with my foot. So that okay. works pretty well. Okay. For the, for the few, it's not that quick. For the few they that I see. fly away well, before see, I get my foot on them. But we don't have a lot of them. We don't, you know, I, I mean, I have mm-hmm. a few here, a few there. Um, <clears throat> not Omaha level. Uh, so, Interesting. Yep. So those kinds of things can really help with them. They, that's, you know, they're, they're a tough one because they are invasive, so they have nothing to keep them in check. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you, Diane. Appreciate your uh-huh. call. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. So you go out, you pull them off, and then you stomp on them. Right? I do. Yeah, I sure do. It's it's a little. It makes me feel good. Yeah. I, I in that. fact, I think we caught a bit of the the audio uh, from uh, maybe a couple of <laughs> nights ago. You were out there, and it sounded kind of like this. Wee! Yeah, just stomping on those bugs. <laughs> That probably is pretty close to the, what yeah. I was doing. Yeah, that's I was pre- like, aha. That's pretty. That's <laughs> that's kind of horrible, isn't it? Well, and um, really, what they were feeding on was the weeds in my garden, which probably was okay. But I don't want them around because they'll do yeah. they'll do damage to okay. so many other things. They're so weird. They though. are yeah. <laughs> like strawberry, which mm-hmm. is strawberries, strawberries and, and green beans. And yeah. I've had them on tomatoes. Uh, and green beans, and I, these were around my zucchini, but they were oh. on the weed like that was growing on my zucchini. Okra and sweet potato. Mm-hmm. Okra, I get a lot. Hope Garden. Right. My house, mar- it was estilbe, mm-hmm. phlox, and marigolds. And marigolds are supposed to be like insect repelling, right? Oh, no, it's, they <laughs> love marigolds. I feel like whoever gets there first, whoever, which, whatever beetle, they, they get to your yard first, they get to any plant, and uh-huh. they're like, this is where it's at. Everybody <laughs> come join me. So it's different for every yard, different right. for every year. Who, who, who would have known that bugs have their own little Facebook? You know, they like, do. Yeah. boom. It's through their pheromone discussions. Here's, uh, here's another call. It's uh, over Plymouth Way. 
Uh, Greg, from you went through Plymouth. I've been there. I've yeah, been there. And, uh, hi, Greg. How you doing? Good morning. Great. Uh, yeah, our our uh, our one of our entomologists came down from Omaha and in, ended up going through Plymouth just not too long ago. <laughs> well, she should have stopped and said hi. <laughs> I didn't know where I was. <laughs> this is this is Greg. He's a salesman for Wells Implement in Plymouth, and I don't know. Maybe you got something going on that you want to talk about, or you got a question? Yeah. Um, Apple trees, and I think you've discussed it. I believe they call it, what, cedar apple rust. Mm -hmm. Is there any late summer fall treatment we mm -hmm. should do to them? No. Three, three years ago, our tree was great. Uh -huh. <clears throat> Last year was probably a dozen apples on it, and the leaves looked like heck. Mm -hmm. We sprayed it a couple times this spring, had great blossoms, but like one apple on the thing. Mm -hmm. Is there anything to do? Do you wait till spring and spray it again with the mm -hmm. kind of a fungicide stuff, or what do you do? Yeah, um, and the thing with a fungicide is it's a preventative. It's not a cure. So that's why we don't do it in the fall, because the damage that um, is showing up on your tree is on the leaves and on the fruits. And so that stuff is going to go away from one year to the next. And so spraying in the fall wouldn't really do anything for you. Um, what I would say is, you know, as those leaves fall this, as the leaves fall this autumn, I'm going to say that instead, uh, <laughs> that, uh, to clean those up, rake those up and get rid of them, that helps reduce the inoculum. But, um, the other thing is that, you know, in Nebraska, we're not going to get far enough away from a cedar tree to avoid cedar apple rust. So if your tree is susceptible, just know that every spring you're going to have to spray that tree. Um, and what I, I don't know on your timing, um, but usually I think it's like late April and then again about three weeks later two or three weeks later in early May do it do another application um, and that should help protect them pretty good and really if it continues to rain through the spring spray it every about three or four weeks <clears throat> and so you use, it pretty much as soon as the uh, as the leaves are out you're going to be spraying mm -hmm. it yeah pretty much and you can use the orchard fruit <clears throat> tree sprays or you can use like a copper or something like that um, will work for you um, and then you said you're not getting very many apples, and that could be, um, you know, this year may have just been, we had some pretty late, really cold temperatures. I know that, yeah. And yeah, so that, that that may have damaged some of your fruit production for this year, but. Um, I thought there was enough hot air coming out of Fairbury. Oh, come on now. <laughs> cut that out. You cut that out. Uh, yeah, you know, one of my, one of my trees, apple trees, is mm -hmm. covered. In fact, I went up uh, a couple of weeks ago and started thinning them out. Because there were so many. Mm -hmm. And then my other tree has three apples. Three. Is and, it, you know, and the microclimate makes a really big difference yeah, there. And so one was maybe yeah. more exposed to the to the Cold. colder than yeah, the other Or a little was. further along mm -hmm. or right. not as far, you know. But anyway, anything else, Greg? I believe that'll be it for now. All right. Well, it's nice to Thank hear you. from you. Uh -huh. Have a good weekend. As we are Yard and Garden Live here on a Friday morning. We'll be back with more after a quick timeout. Back with more Yard and Garden Live on today's Best Country, Old Red 99.5. And while we were at break, <clears throat> we had a gentleman uh, come into the studios and brought some potatoes that he had grown. Very strange-looking potatoes. They, they are. They look like they uh, 
at a very young age, somebody put a string around mm-hmm. them and then let them grow. They have these big, deep fissures in them. Mm-hmm. Says the, uh, they're just hard to, uh, you know, hard to peel other than that. I would imagine. <laughs> and so you've never seen this, huh? No, I hadn't. But uh, Jody was doing some looking and it turned, I think what it actually is, is a growth defect. It's just a tuber external growth defect. Um, that's causing them to have this and it can be caused by the sudden and rapid oh wait hold on uh, due to uneven availability of soil moisture and Mm. rapid uneven uptake of water but it also looks like it can be uh, caused by exposure to pursuit and ally and accent some herbicides that we would have but i don't think that's probably it it's probably due to um, environmental environmental um that made it like grow and it, so like the internal um tissues are not growing as fast as the external okay and so you're getting this weird growth kind of it's kind of like it would be a lot like what we get with tomatoes blossom and rot right or just regular cracking yeah. in tomatoes um and so oh yeah sure 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 yeah, so I would. I think that's probably what it is. I'll still send it to John just to double check right, that there's nothing else good. to be concerned with. But um, yeah, it's just essentially a growth crack on the potato. Which, like he said, you know, if you you'd think if it was from high moisture that they would just rot in the ground. So that is odd. But I've never seen that before. It was interesting. Well, you never know what you're going to see know. when you come down to Fairbury, Nebraska. <laughs> can and get some. And potatoes are in the same family. They so are. Maybe they just yeah. crack every now and then. Yeah, it could be. Well, I didn't know that, that they were in the same family. Yes. Yeah, because the, yes. when the, 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 uh, the ones that do that crack, they always call those canners. You know, they'll sell them to you for, mm-hmm. you know, for canning because it's perfectly all right. They just don't look great. Uh, whoop, we got some calls here. Uh, let me see. Uh, coming in, a call. Da-da-da. Well, we're still thinking. But John from Beatrice is here right now with a question. Hi, John. Hi. Um, I don't know if uh, Nicole gets her email or not, but I sent a picture of some bugs we got on her knockout roses. Uh, if she can pull that up. Yep, she can pull it up. You bet. Okay. All right. And you're wanting to and know what, what kind of bugs they are? Yeah. On your knockout roses. How do I get rid of them? Well, I think don't don't uh, the Japanese beetles love those knockout roses, they guys? Sure do. I'm just throwing that out. It's probably not. Oh, look at you go, Randy. That's exactly what they are. Yeah, about that. Yep. Look at that nice pile of Japanese beetles. Mm-hmm. Oh, they love <laughs> roses. Yeah, they do. Those are Japanese beetles. Um, so, like we talked before, um, especially right in this picture, if you had just knocked those off into a bucket of soapy water or something like that, um, that would have taken care of at least that big bunch of them. Um, You can use, like Jody said, like the neem oil. um, Seven can be used, things like that. So, um, But, yeah, just hand-picking them off might be a pretty good management technique. Is this your first year with this problem? That, yes, it is. Um, the knockout roses are probably 10 years old already. Okay. But this is really the first time they've been chewing on them. Yeah, so I would remove the blooms that don't look that great right now. And then next year around uh, like Mother's Day, uh, it's usually uh, sometime in, in May, if you're interested in treating like systemically on the roses, you can do that. Um, 
with its uh, metachlorpyrrole is the active ingredient. Um, and you'd have to follow the directions on the label, but that's what I would do for Mother's Day for a friend that I had in Omaha for years until our population dropped. Um, and that she would still have to hand pick every now mm-hmm. and then, but it did save her roses. Um, and and what's nice is we're talking about watering something in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so. Yeah, and it's uh, not harmful to the pollinators and you just, yeah, you just have to pretty much follow the label and you kind of drench around the, the mm-hmm. shrubs. And it's not, or the, the roses, it's it's not used for all the plants. It would be too expensive to do it. But for, you know, the uh. ornamentals that you really um, want to have looking good at mm-hmm. this time, uh, I would do that. But the good thing is, is that later in the season, after the Japanese beetles die, your roses will come back mm-hmm. um, really nice in the, in the fall. Right. Right. Okay. And, um, so once we have them, they're going to keep coming back. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. And don't use a trap. Okay. Do not use a trap. You'll <laughs> see them uh, for sale at different places, but you don't want a trap. Okay. All right. So question two, when do we plant peas for fall garden? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Um, usually most of our fall garden crops we plant this week or next week. Yeah, kind Somewhere of. Somewhere in there. It should, you know, end of July, beginning of August is usually a pretty good um, time frame. What you can do is uh, look at your package of seeds and however long it takes, count back from your your first frost. Uh, and I think there is a fall slowdown um, amount you're supposed to add in there. And I think it's 10 days um, because they're not going to grow as fast once the weather starts to cool down. Um, okay. I think they call it a fall factor. Um, and okay. so I think it's, I want to say it's 10 days. Well, the do- days get shorter yeah. and it yep. gets colder and yeah. Yep. All of those kinds of things. Um, and so you just, and I think our first or our, yeah, our first frost is typically that, um, around the 5th of October, if I remember correctly. Um, so we can count on that date. Yep. Count. I mean, <laughs> yeah, all right. maybe. Just, yes yeah, and no. sure That's where that fall factor comes in. Um, and so typically most of our crops, like I said, would be around now. Yeah. Okay, and I, you know, right. I, I well, usually I thank usually you. wait until like mid August. I don't know why. And, and you, you can the longer you wait, though, yeah. the the more chance you have of that gotcha. early frost knocking yeah. it back, you yeah. know, killing it out. I don't know. I just always wait. It just seems like it's just way too hot to do anything. Jason <laughs> from Fairbury waiting patiently. You have a question? Go ahead. Yeah, I planted some uh, hydrangeas earlier this year. I planted four of them. Hmm. And they look really good early on, but now they look like they're dying off. And I, I give them a good soaking about every other day. So I don't know if I'm overwatering them, underwatering them. Do I need to fertilize them? Mm. Uh, Are they blooming? Are they in bloom? Do you have any blooms? So, no. They, I got one that's kind of trying to bloom. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they were blooming earlier, but now um, one's trying to bloom. But, no, they're just like dead flowers. Yep. Here's, here's my take on hydrangeas. They'll break your heart. They do. Just like a like a bed of strawberries. <laughs> you know, both both of those will break your heart. Uh, go ahead. I, no, um, and you're not wrong on that. Hydrangeas are disa- disappointing at times. Yeah, they are. <clears throat> um, so you're saying you planted them this spring, correct? Yes. And you're watering every other day? Correct. How are you watering? Um, I've got a, like a wand with a shower head at the end of it. And then okay. I try and get them you know, underneath the plant, right at the roots. 
Okay. And I probably water for about, I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute. Mm -hmm. And then I go to the next one until the water kind of soaks in. Then okay. I come back again okay. and water it again and get some more water on it. Okay. And what did you say they're looking like right now? So right now, like, all the flowers are just dead and wilted and brown. And the leaves are kind of... Uh, they're, they're green, but they're not, you know, as healthy as I'd like for them to be. And I've got one of them that uh, is, is trying to bloom some flowers, but it's, it's having a hard time. Do you know what variety of hydrangea you have? I don't. Is it, like, supposed to be the, um, like, the pink, purple, blue ones? So the, the, the three of them are pink, and one of them is a light blue. Okay. So those are supposed to be, like, rebloomers. And we talked about it last week, um, and they're not always as great of rebloomer as they're supposed to be, I guess. Um, yeah. So with the flowers turning brown and that, they've already bloomed, correct? So that, yeah, right. So that's just the flowers are fading. Um, and then the not pushing new flower growth, they don't always do that. So the fact that you're getting the flowers out of it, that's good. That's that's usually the hardest part yeah, with hydrangeas. A lot, lot better than a lot of people have. And with so if the if the leaves are still plenty green, not looking all brown and tattered or anything like that, I'd say that they're fine. Um, and it's probably just, you know, they could be a little wilty, and that could be the heat, especially with them being planted just this year. Um, so I probably wouldn't be you know, overly I, concerned. And with I them. wanted to write down that uh, the uh, the type of it was a lime. Oh, the limelight? Limelight yeah. hydrangea is yeah. supposed to be a little bit better for our area called limelight. Yeah, they seem to be blooming quite well. Yeah. yeah. I know everything I've planted this year does not look good, mm -hmm. but that's because I planted it this, this year. year. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have a huge root system, um, and with the heat, yes. it's going to be hard on them. But, um, you know, sounds like he's watering them mm -hmm. sufficiently. I would, you know, you could get like a little moisture meter. And make sure that you're not overwatering or underwatering them, um, and kind of you know just stick that in the soil before you water to see where you're at. Um, okay. And those work pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. That works pretty well. All right. But otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't be concerned about the flowers fading and turning brown. That's that's normal. So. Then should I should I fertilize them sometime this year? I would not. Um, if they look fine, I'm kind of a if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of person, especially with fertilizer. You can easily overdo it, and with hydrangeas, you do not want to because they will not bloom. They are very finicky, and that's usually what causes that, or it's one of the reasons that they don't bloom, um, because they're too close to an overly fertilized lawn. Um, so I would I would avoid it, and if they're looking fine, I think I would just leave it alone. And you also don't want to fertilize a stress plant because that can further stress them. So I think uh, I would leave it alone. The last question is, do I cut off that, that dead material yeah, or the old question. flowers? You can if you want, or you can leave it there. Um, some people like that as just something different to look at. Um, but you can take them off, you know, deadhead them, remove that. It, it's not going to um, impact the plant at all either way. Perfect. Thank mm -hmm. you for the information. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the call. Appreciate right. it. So the uh, limelight, are they, are they kind of that limish green color when they bloom? Well, what color is it? Yeah, they're kind of. Yeah. All I know is that they're just like big and full and mm -hmm. really kind of cool. Yeah. They're white with a hint of green. To yeah, it. I think I've seen these. Mm -hmm. Seen yeah. those guys. I broke up with my 
I tried to do this. You did? You, you <laughs> called it, it quits? It took me like an hour to dig up the right. roots of it. Oh. it uh, we planted it in 2017, but it never flowered really well. Well, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. I, did you have to go get, you know, <laughs> talk to somebody, you know, a, a plantologist? I'm the one who broke up with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 402-729-3383. Here's a, another call. This is Liz, and Liz is uh, in Fairbury. Hi, Liz. Yes. What happens to a peony that gets cut off at the ground level this time of the year? Mm. Um, it's probably going to be okay. It's not um, best for the plant because you need to allow them to build all their sugars through the year as much as they can. But um, it wouldn't. I mean, it's not going to kill it if if it happened accidentally. And at worst, it it's like. going to affect its bloom next spring, right? Yeah. You may not get blooms next year, but oh, did it happen accidentally? I assume. I'm assuming it is. It happened at the cemetery. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, then that's it. You know, you you bring up cemetery and you you think about it. How many you know country cemeteries or just cemeteries? Period. That you see uh, the the peony bushes. Year after year after year after year in bloom, and really nobody does anything special for them. They just kind of let them and kind of ignore them. Um, but if they get cut off, I, I'm kind of like Nicole. I kind of think that it might not have as many blooms, but should be okay. Should probably be okay. Yeah, it's just not great for them. So try not to do that every year. You know, make sure they know not to do it every year. Um, well, pin, pin a little note on them. Yeah. <laughs> I just went to the cemetery and I spotted that and I couldn't figure out why. So they must have somebody new on the, mm-hmm. yeah. on the job. And they or got too close. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just was an accident. Didn't and, know what it was. And, yeah. and I've heard that happen a few times in, in those situations. So, you know. Can you put a fence, a little yeah. fence thing or around it? Or flag around it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's that, you know, it's it's not great for it, but it'll be okay. Might not bloom next year, but the year after it will be all right. Yeah, it'll be okay. Yep. If they don't whack them off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. It, 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 you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's kind of the same thing that will happen with tulips, you know. If you keep continually cutting them off after they bloom, mm-hmm. uh, pretty soon you're going to work yourself out of having any tulips. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. Phone number for Yard and Garden Live on this Friday morning. What a week it has been with the heat. I went out uh, by mistake yesterday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> it was <laughs> you went t- outside by mistake. Entirely <laughs> by mistake, out by my garden. And if they could have talked, my cucumber vines yeah. would have had nothing but mean, nasty things <laughs> to say to me. They were very wilty they yesterday. They looked yes. horrible. Yes. They looked like elephant ears on an elephant that had died 15 years <laughs> ago. And I mean, They were rough. Oh, uh, man, it is rough out there. Yeah, they don't like the heat. I mean, they like summer, but that was a bit excessively heat, hot for yeah. a lot of our uh, vegetable yeah. plants. And so you may have noticed the plant, the leaves were very wilty, <laughs> especially in the evening hours. Yeah. I think I heard this morning um, on the radio that it was 
six o'clock was when we hit the highest um, heat index point. So yesterday you know, afternoon. That, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's that evening time frame where they really are just struggling. And I noticed it in mine, too. Um, I hadn't watered in a couple of days, so I gave him a drink. Yeah. Uh, you know, that helped a little. Yeah. Uh, it helped some plants more than others. The yeah, cucumbers well, yeah. still were like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> it's too hot. <laughs> maybe maybe in the morning, yep. but not. But not, not right now. No, that's right. Yeah, All right. But they should be fine through Let, it. You let's know. take another quick time out. We'll be back with more of your phone calls on Yard and Garden Live. Well, well, well. We are back with more Yard and Garden Live on this uh, Friday morning. Like somebody's doing the baby elephant walk there. I, yeah. Is it because of your elephant yeah, ears? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it, no, that was just strictly a coincidence. That was a good coincidence. Uh, 402-729-3383 is our phone number. 402-729-3383. Just having a, a good time talking uh, about what's going on out in the landscape. And uh, today, joining... Nicole Stoner, Gage County Extension Educator, is Jody Green, who is an Extension Educator and Urban Entomologist, a city bug lady. All the stuff that people love to hate, basically. <laughs> when they're like, what's an urban entomologist? I'm like, termites, roaches, bed bug ants. And they're like, ew. I'm like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and house flies. Don't forget house flies. Ticks, fleas, like anything that anything that you see that bugs you that you may call like a, a company for something that gets in your home, something that might bite you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have delved into like jumping worms and slugs, right. and I've been sent little poops from who knows what. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, they don't know if it's a bug or a rodent or yeah? a, like okay. a bat or who knows. I see a lot of things. <laughs> Do you? Okay. All right. Um, and uh, one time, I think uh, we had both of you ladies here, and I asked, uh, you know, to uh, describe some of your favorite bugs, and we, we mm. did that. That was fun. Yeah. You, uh, well, I can't remember... Do you always pick the same one, or do you have just a kind got, of like I a, have a whole smorgasbord? Bunch. I have a smorgasbord. Yeah. Last yeah. night I saw... Um, I don't know which dragonfly it was. The black one and the white wings with like little spots of black on it. Did it have like a light colored abdomen or like? I thought it was dark colored. Oh. It was very pretty. If you look up 12 spotted. It might have been that one. It might have. Skimmer? Skimmer. Skipper? Skimmer. Skimmer. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been that one. It, Those are yeah, really cool. It was cool. Yeah. And, and I, I remember asking Jody uh, and she gave me uh, the jumping spider mm-hmm. bug. I'm still a fan. Still a fan. You said they're I'm cute. They, and they, are they are, cute. and they, they are, are cute. cute. And it was like I'd never heard of them, and they're really, really tiny, but big have big eyes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and their eyes almost Some glow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like greenish. Okay, I have a new spider for you. Have you seen a crab spider? Oh, those are cool. I crabby, love the crabby, crab spiders. crabby, crabby. No, nope, haven't. No, nope, haven't. Mm. No. Nope. You get them on your flowers a lot. There's a little, mm-hmm. little. It's very small and green. Okay. Almost translucent green. And they they look like they have little crab claws on their okay. front front two legs. Uh, be, yeah, because the last time you told me about the jump, it was like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. I was out on the deck, and uh, I went. I was doing something at the uh, getting ready to grill, and there on the top of the grill mm-hmm. was one of those little guys. And I went, "Hey, they do jump. Hey, check that out." I didn't make it jump, but I should have got a little ring for it, a little hoop. 
little hoop and it could have to jump through the hoop. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. If you have a, a problem going on in your landscape, whether it be bugs or something else, now would be a great time to call Yard and Garden Live you know, at 402-729-3383. Yeah. I don't think you can ask an entomologist to pick just one favorite bug. Yeah, that's, that's probably, the problem. Yeah, that's, that's why mine changes every time you talk yeah. to me because I love all of them. You know, mm-hmm. That's why we're entomologists because we just love all bugs. That, I, that I, is the hardest question. Everyone always asks, but it is a very difficult mm-hmm. question. I saw a butterfly-like bug. Uh, yesterday, two days ago, yeah, and it was uh, almost dark blue, black type colored butterfly. No? Give us more. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's about all I can give was you. Was it real small? No, it was about, yay, big, maybe quarter size. Where was it? 50. It was on a, um, it was on my river birch tree. It was just sitting on the bark, kind of hanging out. And uh, I would have thought maybe a blue. Yeah. The blue. There's a there's a group of butterflies that are called blues. Okay. Because it was kind of bluish black. Never seen one before. Hmm. And I, you know, it could be a moth for all I know. I mean, I don't know how you tell the difference between a moth and a butterfly. Uh, the butterfly has the club on the antennae, right? Yeah, they've got and like and moths have more like feathery or straight antennae. Yeah, and I mean, there are daytime flying moths, but typically a lot of the moths fly at night. Okay. And then when they rest, they have their wings flat. And then butterflies, they'll have like their wings together. But then to sun, they'll like open it up. And that's when I'm standing there taking, waiting to take the picture. Yeah, that's what I should have done. I should, the wings were wide open, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And it was just sitting on the tree. Um, I should have taken a picture. You should have. I, you know. I I was heading out to the trash, and I knew it was going to be a... Was it beautiful? Oh, you know. Well, see, if it was beautiful, I would have been like a red... Uh, what's it called? The purple-spotted, red-spotted admiral or whatever uh-huh. it's called? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what it was then. No, that no may doubt have been it. what it was. No doubt about but it. But yeah. you would have been like, oh, this is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I would have. Uh, <laughs> so uh, how about, uh, you know, down in, uh, in our area, Jody, we have... Uh, a lot of trouble with uh, bagworms y- every year. And in the rural setting, uh, bagworms can get in our shelter belts and mm-hmm. cause all kinds of problems. But uh, in the city, what kind of, uh, do they, do we have bagworm problems there or what? Yeah, th- we had a lot of bagworms in the past. But uh, this year, we've had less bagworms. And mm-hmm. It is well. A lot of people were really good with uh, treating and picking them off, but also we had that really, really extreme cold. Um, let's see. I want to say Valentine's Day. It went uh, below, so it's got to be below negative, like zero point five. Yeah, and it went down to like thirty below yeah. here. And then right. I was actually, t- well, you know, keeping track of the time, and it uh-huh. was there for like over thirty six hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that, and that's the and that's a good point. I mean, it, just because it drops that cold if it doesn't stay that cold right. it doesn't have a tendency to affect them as mm-hmm. much as it does right but that that cold weather was around for yeah, yeah it was really minus cold. 
minus for like you said yeah i put it in my little calendar like Ooh, it's yeah. cold and then it's Isn't still it's cold, cold. And, yeah. then I, and then i was like <laughs> we're gonna monitor now but then i went out i could not find any bag at the end of may i went looking for bag rooms because i usually take a, a couple from throughout the neighborhood throughout rest station wherever i see bag rooms uh-huh. and i'll put them in a little like a, a sack type of thing so that they can still get the temperature from outside and i leave them kind of around my house and i watch to see when they emerge I couldn't find any. Mm-hmm. You couldn't find any bags. Yeah, there, there weren't <clears> any. And then um, we got a call in in Douglas County that they saw a bag room. And then I went out looking, and I found um, I found bags in the middle of June um, on like uh, bald cypress. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're out there, but there's really not as many. And that's no. good news. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a you know people were calling and asking when do I spray, and it's like but you yeah. want to wait till you see them and know there's a problem before you really need to be spraying. And I anticipated this was going to happen after. I mean, mm-hmm. I was telling on the radio in March, I was like, because we had a show at the end of March, and I said, I'm not going to, like, quote, don't quote me here, but because mm-hmm. of the weather, it, it's it got to have knocked them at least down. And, um, it, and it really has. I haven't had any calls on bagworms other than when to spray. Right. Even though I haven't seen them yet. It's all, you know, all of them were early anticipating the bagworm problem because they were so bad the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But since right. then, they've started to realize, hey, I don't, yeah. I don't have not, a problem. And it's not economical to do a prevention. <clears throat> right. Right. So, I mean, right. some things, if you know they're coming or if you know you've right. had that problem, but if you can pick all the bags off, right? Mm-hmm. It's, right. I mean, so. so yeah, especially in your, in, in your landscape around your home where that's, you know, very doable go out and pick them off especially right. if you got kids give them a nickel a piece for but they can't get as high yeah, yeah. as tall on yeah. The and then the last few years we've had them kind of like in those urban areas they just spread throughout a lot of the deciduous trees too mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Yeah. walking down the street or yep. running down the street and there'd be like bag rooms like hanging down in front of your face <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like how does this yeah. even happen and they'd be on buildings they'd be on signs yeah. they'd be everywhere Fences. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well that's yeah. is is that kind of how they they get from one spot to another they they have this big long silk thing that helps them catch the breeze or catch the wind and they kind of get blown around yeah well and i've seen some driving around on cars mm-hmm. you know yeah. like, but when so each one if it's a female bag she can lay like hundreds 300 to like a thousand that i've read yeah. eggs in there and so when they emerge um in like well they emerge like end of may june and then they like balloon on the silken strands mm-hmm. and so the wind can definitely blow them in your neighbors in all your trees the evergreens or you know the coniferous trees they're gonna they they don't lose their leaves so those are the ones that are at most risk so a lot of times in rural areas the wind breaks and things mm-hmm. like that the mm-hmm. big trees and then um the the ones that lose their leaves though they'll be fine it's just really annoying to have them all over the place yeah right. those high yeah. numbers so well they can they can cause a they mm-hmm. can problems be very if you expensive to manage yeah if you don't uh, don't take care of them and yeah um, 402-729-3383, 402-729-3383. It's our phone number here on Yard and Garden Live. I just think a lot of people, especially this time of the year, have just about had enough. Uh, but, unfortunately, a lot of our gardens really haven't started uh, right. 
having started giving up the good tomatoes. I picked my first three regular sized tomatoes. Did this, you really? Were week. they pink or nope, were they? They were red. Well, my husband said they were orange. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but, but they were good enough for me. Sure. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd gotten some cherry tomatoes, but that was my first harvest of like my slicer tomatoes. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so that was very exciting for me, you know, yeah. when you get that first one. And I've got some cantaloupe setting off. About, I, yeah. about yay big. So that's about how big mine are, about so softball that was, size. That was exciting. Cantaloupe. You know? And uh, I've gotten a lot of cucumbers, a lot of uh, uh, sweet uh, uh, pepper. Mm. You've gotten of, the peppers, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mine are just looking at me. Yeah. Just the banana peppers. Yeah, I've had a few of those. Yeah, these are banana peppers. And how, uh, the jalapenos, I've had a few. Yeah. So that's that's working out. Uh, I don't know. Something uh, doesn't look right with my broccoli. I don't know if it's, I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. I mean, it's all leafed out, but there's, that doesn't look like there's anything forming. Developing. Yeah. We had some at one of the donation gardens, and I've only picked one little mm. patch Interesting. Man, the bugs really got to them bad yeah. before I got. They got my Brussels sprouts. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm looking for first tomatoes. I know. You know, out of they're, my garden. They're just starting. And, you know, with this heat, that's going to kind of push yeah, some of it back a little I bit. I know. And um, but they, they'll they just give them a minute. They'll I know. come around. I they'll know. come around. They always do. Yep. And, and then you'll say, I have too many tomatoes. Yeah. yeah you get, you'll have them in, into September. Right. And you'll have Which them right up, up, right, right up until it frosts, really. Right. Right. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. We really, really, really would love to hear from you on Yard and Garden Live on this Friday morning. Um, we see Bruce is here now. Bruce is uh, in Virginia. In Virginia, the town, not the state. I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Bruce, what's your yeah. question? Hey, I've I've got ten or twelve different hills of pumpkins. And I've got some pumpkins bearing basketballs already, mm-hmm. but I'm getting numerous, numerous blooms in front of my big pumpkins. And I'm wondering if I should maybe eliminate a few of these blooms to, to keep the nutrition going down the line. So you're trying to grow the biggest pumpkin? Well, I just want to get like. Some seventy-five pounders. <laughs> so, so just a real small one. <laughs> right? Yeah, just um, small. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I've done a little reading on on those people that are growing for the the records of those largest pumpkins, and really, what they do, like you said, is to remove those other developing pumpkins to just focus the vine on one. Um, that's when you're going for the largest. Now, in your case, if you're just going for you know just a tiny little 75 pounder um you could probably have a couple on those vines but uh, you don't want yeah you'd want to remove some of those others so that um rather than spreading it out amongst you know six or seven pumpkins you're pushing all that energy into one or two and that yeah, that is I what mean, they last do last night i counted and um the one the one vine has two pumpkins on one of them's probably i'm guessing 30 pounds already and the other one's probably 20 and the 20s, the furthest down the line. But in between there, I actually have 23 blooms. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you might want to remove some of those so that they just focus that energy on those couple that they have. Okay. That's why I was just making sure before I started pulling some blooms that I wasn't 
gonna mess something up here. Yeah. Um, I, it can, it'll help with it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank before you. you go, before you go, Bruce, what, um, what possesses you to, uh, to, uh, want to grow 75 pound pumpkins? You guys, do you have something you're going to do with them or? Yard displays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you carve them? Yeah, fall, fall decorations. And then my daughter-in-law loves making baked pumpkin seeds. Ah, yes. Yeah. It is good. Yeah, I that. do the same thing. All right. So, so that's, I've got, yeah, 13 hills and like four or five of them. I saved the seeds out of a, hmm. a big one last year. For, put them in, I actually put them in the deep freeze for a month and then let them dry back out. And then I planted them. Very good. Sounds like fun at your house, Bruce. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Have a great <laughs> weekend. You do. Thanks for the call. 402-729-3383. You know, uh, it, it amazes me how many different varieties of pumpkins they have nowadays. Yeah. I was uh, looking when my mom was ordering seed because I always steal hers for my pumpkins. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they have every color, shape, size, I mean, there are so many different types of pumpkins that you can get nowadays. And the stripy ones and the blue ones and the green ones and the white ones. It's cool. Huh. There's there's a ton. A ton. I like my pumpkin round pie shape <laughs> with a delicious crust. With a little bit of brown sugar <laughs> yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is Yard and Garden Live. More coming up on the other side of this timeout. Back with more Yard and Garden Live on your Friday morning. You know what? This is the last Yard and Garden Live we're going to have for the summer as we take our summer break. Yeah. It's crazy. And we'll be back uh, uh, for a couple of shows in September. Yeah. Waiting patiently, uh, Jonna from Fairbury. Hi. Good morning. I have a question about my sedum and my landscaping. So it appears that the base has like they have hollowed out and they are dead at the bottom mm -hmm. and i planted it because i thought it was one of those plants i couldn't kill and well congratulations on that john and you know <laughs> <laughs> linda has uh, right. has got this stuff growing all over and you know and 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 from brought it from other places and transplanted it it's like, yeah, you generally think of it as, as something that uh, is bulletproof. So what's going on? You sent me pictures of these, right? And there was a yes, bunch I of different did. plants. <clears throat> yeah. So what it looks like they're doing is that they're um, almost getting too big and they just kind of fall over and you've got a little bit of a dead center. Now I'm wondering, okay. if, do you have a cat? Um. A neighborhood cat, but I he doesn't come around often. Well, because sometimes our plants will do it more if when a cat lays on our plants. Mm -hmm. So some of our plants are just heavy, like your sedum probably is. Um, I was just showing J uh, Jody the pictures. The sedum probably just got a little heavy and kind of just fell over, which they'll do. Um, I've got uh, salvia in my garden that um, it it does this every year. It does it less noticeable if I cut it back in June or like the beginning of June and that's what I did this year and it's it's still falling but it's 
a little less open. Um, and so some of our plants will just do that because they're heavier. Um, and then the cat problem will add to it. So if a cat lays on them, it makes it even worse. And, and we'll see that sometimes. Um, I don't think it's anything like terrible. Um, the one plant you sent, um, is it a dogwood? Yeah, that's the, the variegated one. I well, think that is. I don't know what kind of bush that is, to be honest. But mm -hmm. they're all planted in one area, and it looks like everything is dying towards the base. Mm -hmm. So what kind of watering do you do in these in this area? It's, it's all drip irrigation, and I water it two times a day, about 20 minutes each. Okay. Do you know how much that's applying each time? Nope. Okay. No idea. So the first thing is I would see how much it's applying. And so you may have to put a little tuna can around the drip locations and, and see how much um, it's putting out each time. Um, twice a day, every day isn't quite what I would recommend. Sounds um, like a much, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little too much. Um, even though we're only doing drip irrigation, um, you don't want to keep the roots consistently wet, which is probably what's happening. If you're watering every day for a little bit, you're just basically keeping the roots moist. And so that's going to lead to a root rot condition. And that could be what is starting to happen. Um, now I know you have that's rock and I know you have rock mulch. So it's going to be another added stress to those plants because rock mulch versus wood chip mulch, the rock mulch is going to reflect a lot of heat back on them. So you've got the tops that are hot and the bottoms that are too wet. And so you've got like this whole um, kind of situation going on there. So what I would say is figure out how much you're applying. Your plants need, you know, maybe an inch a week. Um, but I would try to do that over one or two applications a week. Really probably one would be sufficient. Um, just get a nice deep watering on those plants once a week. Um, and that should help with it. Um, and, you know, that allows those roots to dry out a little bit between those waterings. Um, and what I would say is don't just abruptly step back to that. I would gradually work your way back. So work it. So first start with just once a day watering and then go to maybe once every other day. And then, you know, just kind of working that back because you don't want to just be like, okay, you got lots and lots of water. And now I'm going to give you like no water. Um, that's going to really shock the plants. So ease them back. Um, and that should help. I, I, I'm wondering if that is having something to do with it because I don't usually see dogwoods flop like that. So they okay. should be a little sturdier. It's all the plants in the same area. Right. So it's right. So it's something in the environment. Yep. Okay. Thank you guys. Thank yeah, you. No thank you for the call. Have a good one. You yeah, too. You too. Uh, all right. Uh, Yard and Garden Live. Uh, let's do talk a little bit about, yeah, we're going to be taking some some time off here. Yard yeah. and Garden Live is uh, is disbanding after after this show uh, for, oh, uh, five weeks or so. I don't know. How long it is? Approximately. Approximately, I don't know. yeah. yeah. We'll I be think back. September 10th. Is yeah, that the is next it, one? Yeah, it would be the second Friday, I think. Mm -hmm. in September and yeah. the third Friday in September yes. we'll come back and do some uh, programs so uh, one of the things uh, you know I, I was asked uh, you know what what good stuff could I plant 
in a uh, in a fall garden, and I asked what they wanted, and geez, just about everything that she <laughs> wanted to plant, which seemed like it should work, yeah. from green beans to beets to um, just a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Once again, I said yeah, I would wait a, at least another week, maybe two. Um, and you'd be okay then. But too. you think maybe if you want to, if you had the time and you yeah. wanted to get out and do it anytime. Maybe wait. You know, today's I think a heat index, but then maybe tomorrow I think sure, we're starting yeah. to get out of that. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just for your own sake. Yeah, you might <laughs> wait till that's over. You know, Sunday afternoon would be. Yeah, the, you know, yeah. it's going to be a lot. You know, yeah. it's going to be cooler. Yeah, but okay. just you know, like I said, take that um, seed packet, and it'll tell you how many days to germination, and or I mean, how many days to to harvest, and so count back from that. Add yourself. Like, I think it's a ten day factor, and. Uh, and that should be good. And from the from, date? From the day of our first harvest, or first fall frost. Which is October? Average, average I think it's October 5th. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and, and a lot of your fall crops can take a light frost. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you might be getting close to harvest, but then, oh man, there's supposed to be a frost. But as long as it's just a light one, or if it's going to be a little more of a frost, you could put a sheet over it to protect those a little longer in the season. Some years we can make it mid to late October before we get a real heavy That's true. frost or That's freeze. True. And some years um, it has snowed at the middle of October already, like good yeah. snow. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was sitting out in a hunting blind in that. Yeah, um, boy. <laughs> so, you know, it just depends on the year. And so that's, you know, that's why we say that average. Some years we get a frost in the middle of September. You know, it just yeah. how that works out. But, um, but a lot of those are a little more cold tolerant. You know, like y- you could do radishes and carrots and peas. They like spring. They're a spring crop. They like to be a little cooler. Um, so they'll take that a little bit better than others will. So there's your answer. Yeah, yeah, you know the the lettuces and spinach and all of those, um, carrots, radishes, peas. Um, some of those that are spring crops actually do better as a fall crop than they do in the spring. Well, they don't. There's a lot of there's a lot of things they don't have to put up with in the fall right. that they do in the spring. Right. Right. Yeah, the heavy rains sometimes, yeah. and sometimes it just like all of a sudden is abruptly hot. Yeah. <laughs> Competition in from the, weeds. Yeah. Yeah. Is less in the fall. Mm-hmm. Are would bugs be? They're less in the l- fall too. Less of yep. a yeah, problem in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the advantages are there. It's just that a lot of people have had uh, up to their eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Right. Uh, so, we will take another quick time out and back with more after this. We are back. With uh, kind of a wrap-up here on Yard and Garden Live. We want to thank everybody who uh, listened today and phoned in. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, County Fair. Of course, Gage County Fair is going on this week. Going on right now. Yes, they are busy. I think the beef show and the poultry show are going on today. Or maybe right now. I can't remember what time they changed the poultry show to start to. Um, And... uh, I think the meat goat show is later on this evening and probably some other ones I'm forgetting. I apologize. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's just so many. How about uh, where you come from, young lady? Is it Sarpy County Fair? Is it, what's it, have they had that? It's coming up next week. It's coming up next Fourth week. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what kind of, uh, what kind of, are there a lot of differences other than it's more people uh, than a rural county and their county fair? 
I mean, you still have rabbits and chickens and yeah, dogs and cats. Sarpy County, definitely. Um, the Douglas County is very different, but mm-hmm. the, the, Suglas, okay. the, Suglas, the Sarpy County this coming week is going to be awesome. Is it? Mm-hmm. Very good. And you get in, involved in that quite a bit? Um, yeah, I'm there for so our office. Um, we all volunteer some time to help check in projects for 4-H, and our 4-H group is very busy, and we've got a lot of flyers coming out. And then I'm also a 4-H parent, so oh, okay. I have to deal on the other side of, of that. Mm-hmm. She's in 4-H now. Is this yeah. her first year? Yeah. And how, how old is she? 11. 11? And what kind of... What she's <laughs> she 11 she's already? A, let me check oh my, my, gosh, let me check my like, smartphone. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> ready for these kind of questions. I know. These but are what, hard ones. Okay, so what kind of projects does she get involved in? What, what, um, she's, well, she's done some contests. So she did like a speech competition. She did the small... Um, small pets mm-hmm. competition, but mm-hmm. she brought a tarantula. So <gasps> they had to cool. have a new division, and then she actually won the like best overall for wow. a tarantula. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, as a as a, you as a parent, you must just be so proud <laughs> that your little your little angel has got to taken an interest in bugs. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> for her. <laughs> But she's always been involved in that. I mean, she probably just doesn't know any better. Right. She probably thinks it's normal. Yeah, to have, no, a, to have the mom in the garden measuring bugs and have containers all over the place with different things. You know. <laughs> Give me all these stinging insects around. Yeah, I, I grew up with them. You know, people they were in around. my freezer. Yeah. There's all these dead bugs yeah. in the freezer all the time. Well, people like, around entomologists uh, have yeah. a completely different viewpoint of life. Are, are your are your big gigantic cockroaches still? No, they, uh, they they have passed on. They went to cockroach heaven. They did. Wow. Yep. yep. I don't have any at the, right now. Okay. But, you know, I, maybe in the future again. Maybe. Get All them. right. Well, you, know, we you never know. We can only hope. I have some. Do you want some? We'll I'll, we'll talk <laughs> later. Maybe. <laughs> I want a I want oh, a giant yeah. African millipede. Mm. Those ones are cool too. Yeah. Mm. You know, fun insect stuff. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Take your word for it. Once again, uh, yard and garden is done. The summer version. Uh, for the year is kaput. It's over for 2021. This is it, the last one. We will be back in the fall uh, for two programs. Uh, just keep listening to the radio. We'll let you know when we're back. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. I, it's around the 10th or 11th of September and yeah, then like the 17th You know or what 18th. I'm going to do? I'm just going to pop I this up real quick. It's on that schedule. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it's the 11th and the 18th. No, no, 10th and 17th. Okay. Those are Fridays. Yep. 10th and the 17th. Yeah. And uh, so we'll be talking more about things that you might want to do to button up your your landscape mm-hmm. uh, for winter and uh, talk about things like that. Right. Uh, all and, lawn care, all yeah. that good stuff. All right. So uh, once again, I want to thank uh, Judy for coming down. Yes, thank you. Uh, you she got welcome. lost. She came <laughs> down. She was happy to be here. I shouldn't have told you that. Yeah. <laughs> So the question is, I mean, this is quite a long drive for you. I mean, it's not like a lot of our other guests come from Lincoln, mm-hmm. you know. Quite a few. But uh, you come a little stretch. You uh, you think you'd be up for it again next year? Yes. Good, good, good. <laughs> That's a definite yes. I like that. She's like, I don't think Nicole won't let me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and there's always that. Anyway. So until uh, we see you again, Nicole, have yourself a, a great fair, and yeah. uh, we'll talk to you in a in a few weeks or so. Yeah, definitely. All right. And everybody else, keep it green and keep it growing.